Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. And open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Father, let us only see Jesus and grant us grace in this meaning. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you will turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, the reason for these meetings. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. And you realize if that's going to happen, you're going to have to walk in it. Because husbands aren't fooled. You can tell them how wonderful you are, and they know better. Verse 2, while they behold your chaste behavior, your conversation coupled with fear. Let, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair, or wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. And we know by now, to get that meek and quiet spirit, we have to get the meek and quiet man, Jesus, in us. And that's what brings the meek and quiet spirit. That confidence that we have in the gospel. That confidence that we have in God. You know, you can be meek and quiet in a convention dinner. But when all hell hits and the crisis is there, that's when the meek and quiet spirit works. That's when our confidence in God, our faith works. That's when they see there's something different about you than everybody else. Turn with me to John 10, verse 35. Every meeting we go over this verse. Jesus speaking, if they called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and it came to the fathers of old, look, and the scripture cannot be broken. Do you have faith in the word of God? If you have faith in the word of God, it can't be broken and what you need will come to pass. The scripture cannot be broken. The word of God is Jesus. You can't break Jesus. Now with that, turn with me to Romans 5 verse 20. I want to read this. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But it's this next part. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Do you see those words? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. There is no sin that God cannot deal with. None. There is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, but you haven't committed it. You know how I know? You're still alive. And you're listening. 
But it says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. If you think that you have sinned too much, read this verse that cannot be broken. If you think you've done too much for God to help you, read this verse that cannot be broken. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It'll reach you. It'll take care of the sin. Why? I want you to look at the cross. Thank God the man's not up there anymore. But he was up there. And when he was up there, he had whatever you did. He had it on his own body. And he took it out of love for you and out of love for the Father. He took it. You know who's the one that put it on him? Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Verse 5. But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised for what you did. And he gladly took it. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord. And the Lord God. Who put it on Jesus? And the Lord God laid On Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Do you see the love of God? Do you see the love of God for you? Do you see how grace abounds more than the sin? The Father loved you so much, he's the one that put Jesus on the tree. He's the one that got Jesus to the tree. Jehovah did. He's the one that laid your sin on Jesus. He's the one that did it. Jesus gladly went and humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. But the Father's the one that put it on him. Why? His love for you. His love for you. He knew the only way he was going to save you was somebody was going to have to die in your place. And somebody was going to have to carry your sin and pay for it. And he sent his only son, Jesus, to do it for you. He sent his only son to do it for you. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And I want to speak to some ladies. If you have gotten an abortion, that is sin. That is murder. It is murder. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost when he was in his mother's womb. That's life. You can't baptize something that's not human. John was baptized in the womb. That's murder. But you know what? Where sin abounds. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And God can take the sin away away the power of God is so strong it will not only forgive it'll take it away where you don't feel the guilt anymore that is the love of God 
for you. And I want to tell you, because I know in my heart you're worried, that baby is with the Father. And he's waiting to meet you. Get to God. Get that power working in you. Get that justification. Get those sins forgiven where sin abounds. Grace does much more abound. Don't ever forget that. If you've got something that you need to go tell God after this meeting's over, you go tell him. And you let him love you. You let him love you with the crucifixion, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because that's where your answer is. That's where your peace is. That's where you can go on and it'll never bother you again. Thank God. Now, turn with me to John 16. We have been talking about the Holy Ghost. And we're going to go back to it. And we talked about last week, being filled with the Spirit. Let's go on. I'm going to go back to John 16. I want to read verse 13. How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. Who's going to guide you into all truth? The Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. He's got several names. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of grace. Is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself. When the Holy Ghost talks to you, he's not telling you his own words. He said, he will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He is right there with the Father in Jesus. He hears what the Father in Jesus is saying, and he says it to you. You know exactly what the Father in Jesus is saying at that moment. It is beautiful. Verse 14, he shall glorify me. This is Jesus speaking. For he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. What is Jesus? He is the death, burial, and resurrection. He is the word of God. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to show you. Oh, that's fun. Now, I want you to go to Genesis 1 because I want to show you this. We've had several people baptized in the Holy Ghost the last couple weeks. It's beautiful. It's powerful. I love it. The Holy Ghost comes on them. They they open their mouth and out comes these beautiful, beautiful tongues. Yes, tongues. Yes, it's for today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, I have to go to the Father so I can send you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. He sent him for us. You know why? Because he loves us and he knows we can't do it on our own. Now, I want to show you what's in you. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost... The Holy Ghost is not just to get tongues. It's not just to get a prayer language. I'm going to show you what's in you. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That God is plural. It's the Jesus and the Father working together. But look at the second verse. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And look at this next phrase. And the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Ghost moved on the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. That spirit moving on the face of the waters brought the light. Through the word of God, Jesus the Father spoke. Jesus is the word. And the Holy Ghost brought the light. Do you know that same spirit is in you if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost? The same spirit that God used to create this world 
is in you. Now he's in us. Turn with me to Romans 8. Oh, I want you to realize we have got a treasure in us. We cannot fathom what is in us with the Spirit of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Since we're here, I'm going to show you that when we were born again, we did not get the Holy Ghost. We did not get part of the Holy Ghost. I've heard people, when we were born again, we get part of the Holy Ghost, and then when we're baptized, we get more. Folks, it's a person. What, you get the elbow when you're born again? It's a person. You don't get part and then a whole. You get them all. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's what you get when you were born again. You get the Spirit of Jesus. You get the man that was raised from the dead. You get the man that went to hell for you. In you. In you. You get the man that endured the cross. You get the man that walked on the water. You get the man that went to hell. And you get the man that believed God and was raised from the dead. That's who you get when you are born again. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. You know what it says when you're born again? It says your spirit and his spirit become one. That's why the Christian can adore a whole lot more than the normal person. Why? Because they got that spirit. They're one with that spirit. And that spirit can endure anything. Can endure anything. Now, let's go on. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, the dead dwell in you, it says, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That same spirit that raised Jesus out of hell raised Jesus out of hell and Jesus went to hell with your sin. He was in hell paying for what you and I did. He was the murderer. He was the kidnapper. He was the child molester. He was the abortioner. He was the thief. He was the embezzler. He was the liar. He was the wife beater. He was all those things and that spirit When the father saw the travail of his soul and he was satisfied, then the earth moved with an earthquake and God went and got him out of hell, pulled him out of hell. That spirit is in you. Not only did it raise Jesus from the dead, it raised a whole bunch of other people the same time. It says in, in Matthew, and they walked into town and said hello to their family think that mess with your day there's a knock on the door and it's grandma and she's been dead for 20 years that's the power of God and that spirit is in you and you don't think he can bring you money for dinner you don't think he can get you that job you don't think he can heal your headache we have no conception of what is in us we have God in us and we have the mighty power of God laying dormant in us and we need to wake it up all right now go with me to 1st Corinthians 14 I'm going to go to verse 14 we're going to talk about tongues for a little bit because that's what comes with the baptism in the Holy Ghost it says for if I pray in an unknown tongue my spirit prayeth but my understanding is unfruitful I want to take a look at that for a second For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. When you are praying in tongues, after you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the only way 
that we know that you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, the only evidence is speaking in tongues. You cannot be baptized in the Holy Ghost and not get tongues, folks. Sorry. It's the Bible evidence. But my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Do you know what the wonderful thing about this is? God's praying through you. God's praying through you when you are praying in tongues. Let's go on. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will, I will sing with the understanding also. You see that word will? If you are waiting around for the Spirit to come and take you over, you may be waiting for a long time. Folks, I need it the moment I wake up, if it doesn't wake me up. If it doesn't wake me up, I wake it up. It says we draw from the wells of salvation. It says be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians. Be filled. That's a commandment. And we talked about it last week. How? Well, we saw how it happened in Acts, and we saw Mark. We saw that they used the gospel to get filled with the Spirit. They put their faith and their mouth on the gospel. Why? Because the Holy Ghost didn't die for you. Jesus did. Your salvation comes through the gospel. It's just the Holy Ghost is going to show it to you. And the Holy Ghost is going to help you bring it about. But that salvation is the gospel. Don't ever forget that. We are not after the Holy Ghost. We are after the power that comes through the gospel. It's the gospel that's got the power. Not the Holy Ghost. He leads us into it that the power came with the gospel. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. That's where the power is. So that's how I get in the spirit. I'll be honest. How do I get in the spirit? I either pray in tongues or I pray in English, but I'm praying the gospel. I'm praying the gospel. I start off by if I'm praying in tongues, I got my heart on the gospel. It says in Philippians, think on these things, whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever is, whatever is true, whatever excellent. Well, what is more excellent than the gospel? What has got more power than the gospel? What is more lovely than the gospel? I put my heart on the gospel. And when I get my spirit, the Holy Ghost, pushed up in me. Uh, You can do it by singing. You can do it by hearing one of my tapes. K-D-W-O-L. Go and listen to them. One after another, let them minister to you. It's the Holy Ghost on those tapes. That can get your spirit up. You get it up. Now, once you get it up, what do you do? Once you get, once you're in the spirit, you know what the nice thing is? Spirit, most of the time, you'll get to where it'll lead you. Now go do this. Now do that. Now go here. Now do that. Now say this. But let's go. It says, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. You see, you got to do something here. I said last week, you're going to need two things to walk with God. You're going to need your faith, the activator. You're going to need a mouth. You're going to need a mouth. How many times, how many hours I walked the roads of Frisco and taught myself, preached to myself the gospel, got me to believe it, talked to me about what Jesus did for me, put my sins on the cross, put me in the hell with him, raised me up from the dead. I preached myself the gospel. Hours the Holy Ghost then would lead me. He's the one that would show me where to go, show me something new out of the gospel. I love it. The Holy Ghost, when I have getting ready for the meetings, I see in pictures. 
I just do. I see in pictures. And there are times that the Holy Ghost will show me, show me a scene. And the power of God just fills me. And I see what God is after. The first time that happened to me strong was I was here in the fellowship hall. And God showed me through the Holy Ghost. I saw Jesus on the cross. I only saw him for about the chest up. And I didn't see clearly his face. But his face, his head was hung down. His hair was hung down. And he was hanging on the cross. And I saw him just slightly lift his head up to the right. And I realized, he realized he couldn't see. And I realized that's when my sin was going on him. He couldn't see. He took all our iniquities. He took all our sicknesses, our diseases. And I saw that body start to take on our sin. And I couldn't stop weeping. Doe even came over and he said, what is going on? I couldn't even tell him. I just wept and wept and wept. You know what? That picture is still there. Thank God I hold on to it as a treasure because I can go back to it when I need it. Now, go with me to, let's go to Romans 8. We're going to look at the praying in tongues. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost also helps our infirmities, our weaknesses. Thank God he does. Jesus knew we needed a comforter. He knew we needed an instructor. He knew, he said, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. And he didn't. He sent us the Holy Ghost. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Oh, thank God. God knows us. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, the one that helped create the world, the one that raised Jesus from the dead, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of of God. Do you know if you put your faith, now you can pray in tongues and rattle like a car in idle and nothing will happen. You have to use the activator. As I call it, you have to use your faith. You can just pray in tongues and not use your faith and nothing's going to happen. You have to add your faith. When you put your faith with your tongues, you've got the Holy Ghost using your mouth praying for you and for anybody else it needs to. It's using you. Thank God. The power that helped create the world through Jesus is using you. Use on. Use on. Help yourself. It'll pray the will of God out in you. You don't know what to do next? Pray in tongues. You don't know what to go next? Pray in tongues. Pray until the Holy Ghost picks you up and tells you what to do, where to go, what to do next. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So listen expecting to hear the voice. One of the greatest stories about praying in tongues, I believe Smith Wigglesworth shared it. It wasn't even about him. 
There was a man, he called him a wonderful man, a missionary in Africa. And this was when Africa was just being opened up to Christianity. And this was back in the early 1900s, late 1800s. And this man with a group went down to minister the gospel in Africa. There were three of them that got so far, some of them had already turned back because it was tough in Africa. And he ended up getting sick, getting sick. And he was the leader of the group. And they had him in a hut. And they had a blanket on him, and they knew he wasn't going to live. He had gotten one of those African fevers that they could not handle, and he was dying. He was dying. And they were outside the hut literally talking about, now what are we going to do? Do we have to go back? How are we, we going to go further? This is our leader, and he's dying. There was a woman in England. A little woman sat down to pray, and the Holy Ghost got a hold of her. And she started praying in tongues. And I love, I love that spirit of prayer. Oh, when that spirit of prayer comes on you, you know things are going to move. And she yielded her tongue to the Holy Ghost. And while she was praying with all she could, with her faith in the Holy Ghost, she saw a vision of him on the bed, dying. She saw him. And she kept praying hard, in tongues, no English, tongues. And she prayed hard until she saw him wake up, sit up, and walk out of the hut. And do you know that's exactly what happened? They were standing outside, the rest of the crew, and he walked out in the middle of them. And they said, what are you doing here? He said, I cannot tell you, but there was a warmth that came over me, and I was totally healed. You know, he went back to England, and several years later, that little woman came to see him. And she asked him, do you keep a diary? And he said, yes, I do. She said, would you look at such and such a date? And she told him what happened. That was the date that he was dying. Holy Ghost used a woman, a little old woman in England. You know, he can use you. You know, I've had him use me. Oh, it's a joy. It's a joy to let God take your body, take your mouth, take your heart, and do something with it powerfully. That's what we've got to be ready for. That's what we've got to let God do. We've got to let him use us for ourselves and for those around us. He can pray through you to get your kids into the kingdom. He can use you to pray to, for that person that you work with. Let him use you. That's why we need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Now, you cannot do that until you are born again. You have to be born again first. You have to get the spirit of Jesus in you first. The Holy Ghost can't be in a body without Jesus. It needs Jesus. How do you get born again? It is so easy. You know why it's easy? Because God loves you. That's why it's easy. God loves you. He sent the man to die in your place. He wants to help you. He wants to love you. He wants you to feel his love. And we do that, you need born again. It's simple. Pray after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Take my life over. Let me be led by you. Fix me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus will never, ever, he paid too much for you. 
He will never turn that prayer down. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.